Westover, we're continuing our Christmas series entitled The Christmas Star. This weekend, I want to talk about the star returns. Let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 2. You can look in the Westover app or join me in your Bible. It's the account of what we call the wise men. They embarked upon an arduous long journey. They left Persia and were coming to the Holy Land, looking, searching for he who is born King of the Jew. You see, the searching anthem in the soul of man is always, where can a man find God? They were embarked upon this journey, and the Bible tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2, it records this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod, magi, we call them wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one that's born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose, and we have come to worship him. Now upon nearing the city of Jerusalem, let me just say, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, seven miles apart. And a long, arduous journey taking some two years, most scholars believe, that the wise men traveled. Finally nearing the place, the birthplace of Jesus. Perhaps they were coming along the road, their animals and their caravan, and somebody was by the side of the road, or other people were there, and they heard conversations. The capital city, the capital city, it's just over the horizon. And perhaps they said, that's where it's going to be. We're going to go see the the king in the capital city. Where else would you find a king? Where else would you find someone of prestige? But in the capital city, in the palace city, that's where we'll go. They went to Jerusalem. They began to echo the comment, where is the one born king of the Jews? No one had an answer. No one knew where it was at. There was a nefarious character by the name of Herod. Herod was a bad dude. Herod was not somebody you wanted to cross. Herod had already killed three of his sons. Anybody that challenged him met death. Herod the Great, this this nefarious character, they began to ask, where is the one born king of the Jews? And immediately Herod was challenged by it. He He was insecure. He told his scribes, his assistants, go look in the ancient text, the Old Testament, They brought him news back to Herod. Oh, the prophet Micah said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So he came to the wise men with a scheme. He said, I'll let them find it. And when they find the king of the Jew, I will destroy him. And therefore, I will ensure that no one will challenge my power. So he told him, you go look for him. And I will go there also and present gifts to him. It was a scheme. It was a lie. And that brings us to... Uh, Verse number 9 of the text, it says, And after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star which which they had seen when it arose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him, and they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now what's interesting about this They were journeying, and the star that guided them when they reached Jerusalem disappeared. But on the journey to Bethlehem, the Bible says the star they saw when it arose reappeared. I want to talk to you about the star returns, the return of the star. Have you ever been driving down the road? Now, 
you're not on your cell phone when you're driving. You're using Bluetooth or perhaps your husband or your wife is driving. And all of a sudden you go through what they call a dead zone. You're talking to somebody, holding on to conversation, and all of a sudden it drops. And you say, are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And all of a sudden you can't hear them anymore. The conversation ends because you hit this dead zone where communication isn't happening. That's exactly what happened to the wise men. They were journeying two years, guided by a star, supernaturally led to the Holy Land, but upon almost reaching there, just upon getting to the, to the threshold of finding the birthplace, the star disappears. What was it? They were journeying along the line, and probably something like this happened. Oh, I know what God is doing. I know what it's all about. We're close enough now. I get it. The king will be in the capital city. He will be in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, they took their eye off the star, and they said, we can figure this out ourselves. Do you know that's human nature? Human nature is when we're in crisis and things are going wrong, we call upon God, but then all of a sudden when stuff gets better, we say, God, I figured this out. God, I know how to handle it now. God, I'm back on my feet. I can manage it. And we take our eye off God and we continue on the journey. And we're like the wise men. We get to the place and say, where are you at, God? Where are you at? Well, what happened, God? I, things got better, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we can't find God. Some of us today, we're in a spiritual dead zone. There was a time in our life we felt God closer. There was a time in our life, in our career, in our family, we could just sense God. We knew what God was doing. We were following God. We were walking with God. We were, we were there. We could just sense it. We would pray and God would seem to answer. It would seem like he would open a door. But you're in the, kind of that dead zone. You can't hear from God. You don't sense God anymore. You don't know what God is up to. And I want to speak to her heart today about the return of the star. There are two thoughts I want to leave with this very quickly. The first thought is, don't mistake God's silence for God's absence. Don't confuse God's silence for God's absence in your life. Here are the wise men traveling 1,400 miles, and you know they didn't go by Southwest Airline. I mean, it wasn't just a quick journey. This was a, a two-year journey. They were having to travel across the desert, and they would go to this oasis, and then they would camp, and they'd go to this oasis. It was a two-year, probably arduous journey that brought them to the Holy Land. And now they're only seven miles away, a half a day's journey, two years travel, two years travel. They're almost there, a half a day away. Bethlehem is just seven miles from Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden they take their eye off of the star and the star disappears. And that's some of us. We have just done so good. We, we, we've sought God for a career. We sought God for this. We wanted God's best. And then all of a sudden, sometimes success can be our enemy because we can kind of get in this lane, this pathway of everything's good, God, and I don't need you. The kids are doing good. I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden, we hit this spiritual dead zone. We can't get direction from God anymore. But I'm here to encourage you. You're almost there. <laughs> Some of us, we feel like God's a million miles away. But I want you to know, he's almost there. He, you're just almost there. You're so close to God. God. God could step into your life again. God can reconnect with you today. God can just step into your life. You are so close, just like the wise men were.
so close, so near us right now. We even have a Christmas song that we sing, a silent night, silent night. They were, they were hearing the silence, but they recognized it was not evident of God's absence. And some of us, we're in a silent time. We're not hearing from God. And just like the, the Christmas carol, oh, silent night. What's the next phrase of that song? Silent night, what? Holy night. You're right. You get an A. You get an A. Why? Even when it's silent, God is still there. It's still a holy night. And even in the silence, when you feel like you can't hear God, don't confuse his silence for his absence. God is still involved. God is still working. God is still doing something in our life. And a lot of times what we do in our life, we see the stumbling stones. And we think God's abandoned us. God, you messed it up. God, what's going on? God, I thought I was doing what you told me to do. If you're experiencing stumbling stones, you're on the wrong path. The wise men... They were, they were incorrect in their journey until they came to a fork in a road. And this way is Jerusalem, and this way is to Bethlehem. And the road to Jerusalem for them was a stumbling stone road. And if you're in the stumbling stone, things keep going wrong. It's erratic and confusion. Things are not working out. Can I tell you, God's purposed your life to be stepping stones and not stumbling stones. Perhaps just... A few days ago or a few weeks ago or a few months ago, you went the wrong direction. And God is calling you back. Could it be the silence you're experiencing right now? Is God trying to quiet everything in your life, trying to get your attention and calling your heart back to Him? But His presence is there. God is not absent. God has not abandoned you. God is still with you, as Psalm 23 tells us. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear evil because why? You are with me. He's with you. It may not feel like God's with you. You may not feel like this is what you should be going through, but how it feels is not how it is. How it feels is not how it is. You're feeling silence, but it's not speaking to God's absence because God always leaves a clue God always leaves a, a hunch, a nudge. The wise men just sensed something wasn't right. We're, we're, we, we've come this far. We were guided this long. There is something we're missing. There's something we're not seeing. There's something we're not experiencing. And for us, we do the same thing. And the silence awakens our faith again for us to soul search and find God is God speaking? Is God awakening you? I want to tell every boy and girl in here, every child here, I want you to know something. You can hear God speak. You can hear God speak because God's given us, human beings, something God has not given any other creature on planet earth. Hear me, kids. Does, don't, don't believe at school if they ever tell you that you came as a product of evolution. You did not come from a gorilla. You came from God. You with me? And God gave you something that the animal kingdom doesn't have, the plant kingdom doesn't have. 
No other person, no other species on planet earth has something God gave you, and that's a conscience. What is a conscience? A conscience is when you know right and wrong. And some of you, some of you know God's voice already. It's when you're at school and there's a bully picking on one of your friends and you go over and you befriend them and they're upset and you say, I'll be your friend. And that just feels right. It feels like it's the, you, you did a good deed. That is God talking to you. It's the same thing when you do something, you tell a lie or you do something or you got mad and threw something and you know inside, I shouldn't have done it. That was not a good thing to do. Boys and girls, that's conscience. That's the voice of God. God gave you that. The animal kingdom doesn't have it. God gifted you, and it resides in the area of your spirit being. Animals don't have a spirit. You have a spirit, and you can hear God speak. And even in the silence, there is God's presence. He's not absent from us. Number two, I want to share with you. We are led by faith in God. We are led by faith in God and sustained by trusting in God. We are led by faith in God. Faith takes us to the unknown. Faith will always beckon you to do something you haven't done before, something you don't understand. Faith is always stepping out into the unknown. That's faith. Yes, even coming to Christ it's, it's by faith. What do you step in the unknown? You've never given your heart over to God. You've never invited God into your life. Going in the unknown, we come to Jesus by faith. Faith is going into the unknown. Trust. Trust is, is holding on to God when we're unsure. Faith when we're facing the unknown. Trust when we're facing the unsure. Faith leads us to, trust takes us through. Faith leads us to, trust takes us through. We are led by faith in God. We're sustained by trusting in God. Let me put it to us this way. The wise men journey from Persia 1,400 miles by faith in God. When they got to Jerusalem, but it was trust that took them the next seven miles. I haven't journeyed this far to just be dropped. God is up to something. There has to be a plan. And they continue to search and continue to ask. And finally, the return of the star. The star returns. And I want to say to everybody in trust, the star will always show up. In your dark night, the star will always reappear. God will come back. God will step in. God is there. God is for you. God will help you. God will see you through it when you don't understand. That's trust. That's trust. There is something printed on our money. Now, my, my girls won't carry money with them. I've tried to always carry money. No, they carry this little plastic thing. They, that's money, Dad. And the, everything is Everything is this. Nobody carries money anymore. Well, no, there's a few of us that still carry money. And there is something printed on all of our money, whether it's a penny or a $100 bill and everything in between. Our money, our money has four words written on it. 
There are four words written on every piece of currency, every coin printed by the U.S. Mint Department. Sweetheart, do you know what it is? Do you know what the four words are? Yes. And God, God we trust. Right. Come here, here it is. It pays to listen to pastor. It pays to listen to pastor. Can I tell you, every step of the way, God has printed on your steps. God has printed on your future. God has printed on your decision. God has embedded it in your heart. Trust in me. Trust in me. Let me just, let me illustrate it this way. But the difference between faith and trust. Your first day of school. Remember your first day of the first grade. Remember the first day of the first grade. Can you recall? Kids, can you remember the first day of the first grade? Some of you, you can't remember what you ate for lunch yesterday, okay? Just go along with me in my story, okay? Yeah. On the first day of first grade, that is faith because you're going in the unknown. You show up at a building you've probably never been before. You're going to walk down a hall you don't know where it leads to. You're going to go to a classroom you've never been in. You're going to meet friends that you've never met before. You're going to go to a library you've never been in. You're going to go to a cafeteria you've never eaten their food before. The first day of the first grade is you do it by faith. You're going into the unknown. I don't know the rules here. I don't know where the bathroom I don't know where the library is. I don't know where the kitchen is. I don't know. I don't know. The first day is all by faith. You're moving in the unknown. But the second day, the second day is trust. Because the second day you walk down the hall and you're trusting your teacher's going to be in there. You're trusting that when you get to the cafeteria and you've already figured out where to go get your tray and you've already figured out by the second day you're not going to like the cafeteria food for the rest of your life. It's that way for 12 years, okay? <laughs> you've already figured out where to go and then they will have food for you that day. You've already trusted. You know what the bell stands for. That is recess. And that means the day is starting and this is the day ending all the bells. The second day, it's all trust. Why? Because you're reassured. You know what it is. You figured it out. And you're saying, I know what that is. And I know my teacher will be there. And I know they will have food in the cafeteria. And that's what is we're led by faith. But we're sustained by trust in God. And here's what I want to bring it down to. Some of us are stepping into a new area. That's faith. But some of us, we're needing to hold on to God's promise. And that's trust. The wise men journeyed in faith. But there was a moment they had to exchange their faith for trust. And the star returned. It can happen in your life. And we learn that if we will trust everything to God's hands, God's hands will be in everything. If we will trust everything to God's hands, God's hands will be in everything. Give it to God's hand. That's faith. Knowing God's hand will be in everything. That's trust. In just a moment, our worship team is going to come back out and lead us in a, in a moment. And I'm here to tell you, you can trust God. 
You can trust God with every decision, every path, every direction you go. You can trust God. Young adult, you're believing God that God's going to partner you with somebody. Can I just encourage you? There's somebody, you're the answer to their prayer. You're the woman that they've been praying for. Couples, put Christ at the center of the home. And if you'll put Christ at the center, God will take care of all the future and all the edges of life. Sometimes we can feel in life we're empty, that we've lost our song, that everything good in us has been depleted. But God steps in in His divine sovereign hand. He strums again the chords of human emotion and He awakens trust in Him. And we believe God for another day and another moment. You see, His name is wonderful because God deals with all of the challenges of life and God has a making great life for you. How many believe that in this place? Come on, how many believe that in this place? Let's stand together. I love what John 3, 16 declares, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, for who shall ever believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe that today, church? Do you believe that today? Come on, lift up your highest praise, your best praise. He is worthy. Hallelujah.
this moment I'm going to allow you if you've never made a heart commitment to Jesus to do so I did at age 14 at a youth camp and I can tell you I couldn't understand it all I couldn't explain it all I just knew that there was more there seemed to be a something in my heart that was longing there there seemed to be a missing piece I couldn't explain it but I knew that missing element was so real. And I called out to the Lord. I, I'm not sure. I couldn't even tell you all the words I said. I just emptied my heart and I said, God, I need you. God, I'm going to try life your way. And God changed my life. And he can do the same for you. Across this auditorium, whether you have been disconnected from God or the ways of God for decades or you're a child here, a uh, six-year-old, eight-year-old, four-year-old, six, what, it doesn't matter. And you're saying, I want to do life God's way. God will meet you at the point you call upon Him. See, God has a restart button. And God can touch that restart button when you call upon the name of Jesus. And Jesus gives us a new beginning. Making new can happen for you. So across this auditorium, the balcony and the main floor, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. And I want to I wanna lead you in a prayer. And I want to pray over you. And if you're ready to receive Christ as your Savior, even if you can't explain it all, but you're willing to do life God's way, if you're saying, I, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to give my life completely over to the Lord. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you. Slip your hand up right now on the balcony or the main floor. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, in the balcony. I see hands. Thank you. On the main floor. Yes. Yes, all the way in the top. Yes, God bless you. You see, God knows exactly where you're at, and He's not hiding from you. God refuses to remain anonymous in our life, and He steps in. And God's probably been talking to your heart for some time, and this is the moment to just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgiveness is found through repentance, not earning God not trying to merit God. Don't tell God, I'll try to be good for the next year to make up for the last year. No. You just say, God, forgive me. You see, if, if religion had been in charge of it, we would have made it harder. <laughs> but salvation comes from Jesus. And it can happen in your heart now. And if you will call on the name of the Lord sincerely, God will honor that. Father, right now, from the hands that went up in the balcony to the hands on the main floor, Young adults, adults, and even kids are saying, I want to do life your way, God. And they're inviting Jesus, God's only son, to come into their life. Many couldn't even explain that. But it's the reality. It's what happens. We give our life over to the Lord. And when we say, God, come into our heart, you honor that. When we say, God, forgive us, the sin, the mistake, the failure, the misdeeds, the neglect, all the wrong. God hits the restart button. I'm so thankful, Lord, today we don't have to pay our way out of it or earn our way out of it. I'm so thankful we can just call on Jesus, and Jesus sets us free. And as we walk with Jesus, there's a 
invitation from Jesus to walk with him and we'll experience the making new life. I pray that for people. I pray they will mark this Christmas Eve, December the 24th, as the day they said, Jesus, come into my life and take my life. You're going to honor their faith, and I thank you for it. And I ask blessings upon those who are praying this prayer right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we get ready to leave this morning, I just want to take this opportunity to tell you Merry Christmas from our hearts and our family to yours. We want you to have a wonderful Christmas. I know many of you have family in from out of town visiting for Christmas. Enjoy your time. Just have a great Christmas. Keep Jesus at the center. Make sure he's the center of your Christmas this year. And we want to tell you we love you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed.